fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society, allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome into the program. It is the middle of the week, your favorite day of the entire week. I know it is for me, for me, for you, for all of us. Why? Because... We're halfway through, baby. Light at the end of the tunnel. Welcome into the program. This is the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier. Great to have you along today. Your Millennial General reporting for duty. Lots to get to today. Lots to talk about. Bottom of the new, uh, bottom of the hour. John O'Neill. He is the author of The Dancer and the Devil. Stalin, Pavlova, and the Road to the Great Pandemic. We'll talk about some history of Russia. Also, is Putin the new Stalin? Yeah, we'll talk about that, talk a little bit uh, about the history of Russia and what to look forward to. There's a headline now that shows that Vladimir Putin has come out and said that he is prepared to start a war with the West, meaning World War III. Is that upon us as well? We'll get to all that and more coming up at the bottom of the hour. Great to have you along today, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV stations, live streaming and podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening we love you and appreciate you very, very much. So, a lot of things that we need to discuss. The first and foremost, obviously the most important issue out of any issue, even more so than World War III potentially, is of course Twitter. I mean, <laughs> right? That's what we What's all want to talk about. trending today? Yeah, that's what we all want to talk about. So, here's the big question. The media has gone so negative on, and this is just a quick little blurb, I promise you, because I know you're sick and tired of hearing about Tesla and Elon Musk and Twitter, and so am I, frankly. But I have to hold Democrats accountable for what they say, and progressives who absolutely despise the concept of free speech, thinking that all of a sudden there's going to be a bunch of hate mongers on social media, which, ha <laughs> ha, joke's on them, because they've already been spreading that for a really long time. So with all of them that have been threatening to leave at the Tweety, now that Elon Musk is going to be in charge of it, how many have actually done it? I think we should do a count. What do you think? You and me, let's do a count, shall we? How many progressives democrats have actually left the social media platform of the tweety show of hands how many do you think uh, 50 maybe a hundred a thousand have been i mean they want to leave they don't like conservatives on there we're going to bring quote-unquote misinformation we're going to bring hatred we're going to bring bigotry we're going to bring all this crap that they say they're against but they promote in their own policies as well so how many do you think of is actually canceling their account so far according to uh usa today there have been exactly two two that have actually gone through with it one of them i'm sure you know her and she's like the most popular thing in the entire world jamila jamil ringing bell for anybody jamila jamil the actress the only th reason i know her now i don't i didn't know her name the only reason I knew her is because she was on the show uh, The Good Place, if you remember that one. The Good Place with Ted Danson. It's actually kind of a fun show. They have, what, three or four seasons? We stopped at, like, season two. But it was a good one, and she was in that. I didn't know that's who that was until I saw the picture. I'm like, oh, I know her. Um, that's how I knew her. 
Somebody else, Siskind, I have no clue who that is. Amy Siskind, an activist and author, has said people need to understand that this is no longer a public company. Every post you make here is free content to enrich one man that is Elon Musk. How dare you enrich one man with your tweet, every single tweet that you put out there, creating more revenue for him. How, how dare you? How dare you, man? Now, obviously, it's somebody who has no clue how the rest of the media works, because every time that you watch CNN or MSNBC or CBS or anybody else, you're also uh, funding not just one person, but an entire cabinet full of evil, rich, white guys. So that is cute as well. Well done on that one. But there it is. Exactly two individuals have uh, said that they're finally canceling their Twitter account. Congratulations to them. Round of applause, everybody. They finally did something that they said that they were going to do. All right. You're powering up and leveling up in the world. We love the consistency on that front. Here's the fun part of the program, and this is, uh, for some, a little bit deep. I think it's kind of fun, and for those, they may find it relatively interesting. Let's get into some political philosophy for a second, shall we? Election time's coming up. Midterm elections are just right around the corner, and this is probably one of my favorite times because I love breaking down political commentary. I love watching candidates on the campaign trail to see their messaging. I've said this many times on the air that if I was not on the radio broadcasting and making fun of politicians that I would probably be one of those campaign managers or campaign uh, strategists that would be telling the campaign and telling the candidate, you need to take a photo up here. You need to say this to this certain crowd. You need to do this because I enjoy the behind the scenes politics, knowing that it's all a charade. No, it's all in theatrics. I grew up on the stage. I grew up in theater and I really enjoy that. So that's exactly what the campaign road is for many politicians. Now, that's not to say that what they say sometimes is actually what they truly stand for and what they believe, but other times, and a lot of times, it's actually them just saying something to gain popularity with the crowd that they're in front of at that time. And we have to admit that. So the low information voter, the low IQ voter out there, when they see a 15-second campaign ad, they're like, wow, I really like that guy or gal or other, and I'm going to vote for them based on what I just saw with this 10-second ad saying that my their opponent was evil and that they're actually going to do something good. Here's the prime example of it. I live here in the state of Kansas. I have a lot of Kansas listeners, obviously, with my flagship radio station, but we have listeners, obviously, elsewhere in all over the country and the world as well. Here in my state, we have a Democrat governor who is a very, 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 very left-wing progressive Democrat. She was a state senator for like 20 years, and she won in the state of Kansas on a fluke election a couple of years ago, and she's up for re-election this year. Now, as a senator in the state, she was very progressive. She's kind of a, I call her the angry librarian. She's one of those short little gals that has the spectacles where you look over, and it looks like she's just like giving you the death glare. She's got the bowl cut, the really short bowl cut, and she, talks, she speaks very, very soft. I'm very stern, and I'm going to be the education governor. And that's really kind of how she does her thing. Now... She has handled the COVID-19 pandemic horribly in our state. She was emotionally reactive. She was the first one to cancel schools in 2020 during spring break and just not have the kids come back. Uh, She is all about the government utopia of mask mandates and vaccine mandates and all the other garbage. And then as it got closer to election season and she realized that she had extremely unpopular polling numbers, she ended up changing her tone. And she changed her tone on vaccine mandates in the state. She started talking about tax cuts. She started talking about limited government stuff. It's funny because a lot of Democrats all over the nation, our governor here is not an exception to this. She's just kind of the example that I had. A lot of Democrats all over the nation start to pretend to be relatively Republican or conservative when it comes to election time. That they care about your freedom. They care about your sovereignty. 
They care about your success. They care about lower taxes and limited government. They uh, start supporting less regulation. They start supporting you as the individual and you as the business. They start saying, I'm not here to take your guns. They really start changing their tone. Now they don't change their political party, although some do, maybe in swing districts where they say, I'm a Republican, and then they side with Democrats 90% of the time. And you have that as well. But Democrats especially love to campaign as moderate Republicans during election time and then go far left when the election actually comes and they actually get into office. Perfect example of this is our neighbors here from Kansas is the state of Colorado. Now, for those who don't know as well, I grew up in Colorado. I went to high school in Colorado. I graduated high school in Colorado. I worked in Colorado for a long time at radio stations and in banking and in the financial industry. So outside of Kansas, Colorado was one of my other homes. Absolutely love the state. I'll say right now, I will never step foot in Colorado again or move back there in any way, shape, or form with all the craziness and the left-wing progressive takeover of that state, which breaks my heart because I love the state of Colorado. I love the mountains. That's where I grew up, little town of Bailey, Colorado. I love the outdoorsy stuff, the rock climbing and the hiking and the camping and the all the snowboarding. I was a big snowboarder in high school. I love it. Absolutely love it. The progressives have taken over, largely due to the openness of the pot thing, which I'm not against the legalization of marijuana. I am against how they did it in Colorado and what they've done to the state, where there were at one point near 10 to 20,000 people a month moving to that state to start a pot business. Kind of ruined a lot of things. We can get into that conversation at a later time. The reason I bring up Colorado, though, is because even with the extreme left takeover of the state, there are some conservatives in the state legislature that bang their head against the wall and try to do what they can. But Jared Paulus, the governor of Colorado, is now trying to make a big push and change from his radical, crazy, socialist, progressive values to try and pitch himself as not a Democrat, but as a libertarian. What? What? I don't know how that one works, but according to Reason.com, this is the new PR movement and the PR stunt the Polis administration is trying to do across Colorado to pitch themselves as uh, libertarians and not actual Democrats. According to the article, the Colorado Democrat supports abortion rights, school choice, letting kids play unsupervised. I mean, that's a major topic there, man. Come on. <laughs> An end to COVID-19 overreach and an income tax rate of zero in the state of Kansas. Here's what the article says. Colorado's Jared Polis might be the most libertarian governor in America. I want to stop right there. I really think the media has lost their minds and has no clue what libertarianism actually stands for. I mean, I get that it's hard to explain and describe what libertarianism is because libertarians don't have a defined platform because they're such like a wider range of whatever their focal point is. It's either from having the right to own tanks to the social issues, and you have the conflicts within the libertarian party, party as well, but I digress. I don't think the mainstream media knows what libertarians actually stand for because it's not Jared Polis. They say he's the most libertarian governor in America at a time when his big state Democrat colleagues are getting exposed as hypocrites while presiding over historic population declines or getting kicked out of office for sexual harassment and sending COVID-infected patients back to nursing homes and then lying about it. I'm not sure that Polis' 2014 claim in the pages of Reason that, quote, libertarians should vote Democratic candidates because they're more supportive of individual liberty and freedom has held up, but he's certainly leading by example. First off, that's a lie, and libertarians should not be voting Democrat, and that's been my big push and a major focal point for this program for a, for years is trying to get libertarians back into the 
Republican Party because we support actual, for the most part, limited, smaller government. Democrats are the opposite of that. That would be the yin and the yang conversation here. The 46-year-old governor is presiding over one of the fastest-growing states in the country and a place that has one of the lowest death rates during the pandemic. According to the article, he pushed back against members of his own party to remove mask mandates, and he consistently argued that public health decisions should be made as a local level, as, as much of a local level as possible. Last fall, at a conference held by the Conservative Steamboat Institute, he declared that the state income tax rate, quote, should be zero and has supported ballot initiatives that reduce the rate on state income tax. He also embraced occupational licensing reform and was an outspoken defender of Bitcoin back in 2014 when Joe Manchin called on then the Federal Reserve to ban it. So he's all about the free markets, apparently. He's all about making the state tax income rate at zero And he supported removing mask mandates and allowing local communities to actually make their own decisions. We got 30 seconds. I got to take a break. None of that is true. They are completely fabricating what he has stood for for years of being governor for the state of Colorado. And when we come back from the break, we'll show you exactly what he has stood for and what he has said and why this is a desperate pitch in a state right now that has extremely low approval ratings for Democrats, not just nationwide, but overall in the state of Kansas as well as Colorado voters, according to ColoradoSun.com, are extremely upset and unhappy with the Democrat Party and how Republican votership and Republican enrollment and registrations for the election are skyrocketing and how Republicans could actually make that more of a purple state than what it actually is right now. So what do they do? I'm not Democrat. I got libertarian values. We'll break that down when we come back here for a Wednesday here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com.
bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So the Democrats have gone so far to the extremes that they no longer can represent themselves as Democrats in election season. They have to lie to us. They have to say they're moderate Democrats, that they're almost Republican. They can't pay on Republican promises. They even say that they're libertarians, which I've been saying libertarians and Republicans, conservatives, we are neck and neck. We are parallel with each other. Come back. Let's fight the fight together and stop the progressive Democrats because there is nothing that you guys actually get along with except for maybe social issues, and that's about it. And you can't have the discussion on social issues if you don't have an economy, if you don't have freedom, if you don't have the Second Amendment, if you don't have all this other stuff. So, you know, we side with libertarians as conservatives and Republicans like 80% of the time. The libertarian side with Democrats maybe 10% of the time. So saying that you need to vote Democrat is absolutely silly. But Jared Polis, the governor from the state of Colorado, trying to pitch himself as a great libertarian candidate, and Reason.com says because he said that the state income tax should be zero and because he defended Bitcoin. Oh, and by the way, free-range parenting. That was apparently a bill that he signed. Can I, just, can I ask a stupid question? What the hell is free-range parenting? Oh, apparently... It's the bill to where people can't call the cops on you for letting your kid actually play unsupervised because that's apparently a thing now. I mean, if we seriously got to the point that we have helicopter parenting so bad that you're allowed to call cops on people for not sitting there staring at your kids playing, that's a little stupid. So, okay, cool. You signed a free range parenting bill. Maybe you should just repeal the laws that allowed people to call for that because that's stupid and then not create a new thing. So that's not even really a, like a small government thing. That's just a common sense thing to not create new laws, but just to allow nature to take its course and get rid of ridiculous laws that allowed people to act really, really stupid. When the Nancys are calling on the phone to say, hey, there's a kid playing across the street in the front yard and the parents aren't around. That's when you say, thank you, ma'am, get a life, hang up on them, boop, done, over. On the comment that he made about the state income tax being zero, first off, that's a complete lie that he actually supports that. He did say that to a conservative group in Colorado on the campaign trail trying to win over libertarians. But here are some quotes that he said, by the way, about taxes in the state. Taxes are the investment. This is according to, by the way, justfacts.votesmart.org. Taxes are the investment. They're the price we pay for the freedoms that we enjoy in our country. They're what fund our public projects, and yes, worthy and unworthy. Here's another one. Polis supports a constitutional amendment requiring the federal government to balance its budget. Okay, cool. Here's what he said to VoteSmart.org. Cutting taxes for the wealthy and transferring income to the middle class to large corporations led to lower investments in areas with high returns. So he's ish on the budget, but hey. I mean, taxes are the investment for a free society, right? That's his words, not mine. Also, by the way, if you get rid of state income tax, then aren't you essentially centralizing power at the federal level by saying that you can't fund state projects at the state level? So now you're going to get rid of your state taxes and allow the federal government to come in and subsidize your state projects based on federal income taxes and federal taxes coming in from across the nation to federalize your state stuff because you don't have any money coming in at the statewide level. I mean, you'll have sales tax coming in. And if you support some kind of fair tax, and that's cool, and I would support that, but yeah, right. Come on, man. You're not going to raise up the sales tax right now, are you? But to get rid of the state income tax, do you think a Democrat actually would do it? I mean, I, look, if he's all about the sale, the fair tax or the, would it be the fair? Yeah, the fair tax. I always get that one in the flat tax confused. The flat tax would be just a flat 10% across the board for everybody. Fair tax 
would be straight sales tax, which I would support a system like that. And if he is pushing for something like that, that's cool. I highly doubt it because Democrats across the nation and even with his own caucus in the state of Colorado would absolutely despise him for doing something like that. So he, yeah, you can try to play him off as a libertarian. I highly doubt that that's going to fly. And I'm sure many Republicans are going to see right through that. I'm sure libertarians are going to see right through that as well. But Democrats, man, the desperation showing when you have to play yourself off. I told you the governor here in Kansas, she's using the literal talking points from the Republican candidate saying she wants to end the sales tax on food in our state. She vetoed that bill twice and fought it numerous times over the past 20 years as a state senator. Colorado governor wanting to talk about cutting taxes now during campaign season. Why didn't you do it the last few years, buddy? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, you're Welcome back into the program. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting all over the country, multiple radio stations and more coming on soon. TV stations as well, a live stream on Opslens, Opslens.com and their app and their social media as well. We appreciate you guys. Love you to death. We've been on there since the beginning of the year. By the way, programming note to you, it is the end of the month, which means it is our time again for our Voice of Reason, reasonable newsletter, which means you can get it for free. Just go to the website, whosyourreason.com. That's H-O-O-S-E-R, reason.com. Sign up for our newsletter, again, completely free. We're not going to send a whole bunch of emails and spam you either. Just uh, when you go to the email, uh, go to the website, the uh, pop-up will show, do you want to become a Hoosier-holic? And you say, heck yes, I do. Level yourself up. Yeah. <laughs> I get a lot of good response from it. I think that we have our monthly blog on there. We have some topical issues that we talk about. We have our what we've done for the show for the last month, some guests we've had on, things that are coming up for the next month. We have the latest from our Hoosier Media Network and all the projects we're working on there as well. Some feel-good stuff, some civic holidays of the month. There's a lot of really cool stuff on it, and it's free. We send it out at the beginning of each month. Again, just go to HoosierReason.com, H-O-O-S-E-R, Reason.com. Sign up, and you'll get that. I'm guessing, let me look at my calendar here, you'll probably get that. My goal is to send that out on Monday morning, so you got the next couple of days to get signed up for that one. I still can't get over, by the way, this policy out of Colorado, this free-range parenting. You apparently have to sign a bill now that says people can't call the cops and complain that kids are playing unsupervised. 
because we're in such a weird helicopter parenting mindset that you apparently have the right to do so. That's, I mean, Bernie, what do you think, buddy? It is totally absurd. That's what I think as well. Let's go into what's trending. What do you say? Shifting gears a little bit. What's trending today? I want to get the latest out of uh, Russia, the Ukraine, China, all the shenanigans over there that's causing, you know, a food shortage and potential World War III. There was a headline that came out today that says that Vladimir Putin is prepared to start a war with the West. Does that mean that we're now preparing ourselves for a new global war going on. Is that, uh, that's kind of scary. Kind of scary to talk about some of this and some of the history of what's going on there and what we could potentially predict uh, from what's happened before. He is uh, the co-author of the book, The Dancer and the Devil, Stalin, Pavlova, and the Road to the Great Pandemic. Excited to have on the program with us here, Mr. John O'Neill. John, how are you, my friend? Andy, it's an honor to be on your show. Well, it's great to have you on. I, I appreciate you coming on very much. This is Scary times right now. We have uh, Putin that's not afraid to, quote-unquote, start conflict with the West. He is still uh, going into wave two of his invasion of the Ukraine. We've heard about potential missiles or something going up to the Finland border if Finland ends up joining NATO. I mean, it sounds like he just don't care right now. Well, you can't tell, Andy. I think his history is very important. Um, His grandfather was Stalin's uh, taster and cook. (laughs) <laughs> His father was an exterminator for the KGB in the Ukraine. He mm-hmm. followed behind the Red Army, shooting people that were politically unreliable. And then you have uh, Stalin. When Stalin first became, and then you have Putin. Putin first became the minister of Russia. They asked his mentor, a guy named Anatoly uh, Slobachak. They asked Slobachak, who is Putin? And uh, Slobachak said, Putin is the new Stalin. Two days later, Slovacek had a heart attack, as did his two bodyguards, and they all died. And that is uh, who Putin is. Putin is the new Stalin. And he is well familiar with the Ukraine. His father killed a lot of people there during World War II. That is a very scary thought. Now, he is very good at the uh, the PR, the propaganda that comes out of the media in, in Russia. He had his rally just a couple of weeks ago where 100,000, 200,000 people showed up to this rally for him to go up there, which he never does, by the way, because he's getting such low approval ratings for this conflict with Ukraine. And he said that God was on his side and that he was freeing Ukraine because God told him to do so. This sounds vaguely familiar with some of the rhetoric that Stalin put out, isn't it? Well, uh, it's interesting. They asked, uh, Putin is a sometimes religious guy, uh, but not really. Uh, Putin has said that uh, Lenin and Stalin should be saints, that they're both saints. Mm-hmm. Lenin and Stalin killed 127,000 uh, priests, Orthodox, Russian Orthodox priests, in a two-year period. Wow. Um, so he uses the Russian Orthodox Church as a sort of state church to, to authenticate what he does. He's not a not religious in any normal sense. Um, he he is supremely about himself. He's a sociopath. Um, it's very important to understand. He's never seen a bullet fired in his life himself. He hit out through the Afghan, the Russian Afghan war in East Germany with the KGB. He's an apartheid. That he lives on Litternoy killings, on killing people, um, and he's killed people over and over again with poison and. Uh, with bioweapons uh, in Russia. And we, we list 20 of them or 25 of them in our book, The uh, Dancer and the Devil. Um, and he's wiped them, he wiped out 14 in England alone. Um, 
as the British Secret Service confirmed after the murder of a couple called the Scurfields. Yeah. Let's talk about the history of Russia before, as we lead up to this point, and I want to talk about those bioweapons as well, because we'll probably get banned off of social media for it, but what the heck. But I want to, I want to talk about the history of Russia, obviously with Stalin, a, a horrible individual, this communist mindset, this this USSR and the Soviet Union, and, and uh, obviously him being formerly with the KGB. Will individuals in Russia, will the people, will the civilians, and will the government eventually, will they ever see the quote-unquote, I guess, light of day of the government utopia and tyranny that they've had a very long history with? Or is it so ingrained in them that they'll never be able to see outside of that? Well, uh, first, just dealing briefly with the history in the Ukraine, the Ukrainians, you know, resisted bitterly the Bolsheviks. When Stalin came in, he rounded up all the intellectuals, particularly all the musicians in the Ukraine. They were called Kobars. He claimed that he was taking them out of town to meet with the uh, leadership. They drove, drove 14 miles. He shot them all in the back of the head and threw them in a mass grave and banned all the Ukrainian songs. Mm. He even tried to ban the, the language of the Ukraine, which is why the Ukraine is fighting so so hard. In Russia itself, there is a lot of opposition to, to uh, Putin. The problem, of course, is that if you show up overtly, you disappear. You go into jail and maybe you're never seen again. You're certainly beaten up and so on. And so far in Russia, something like, by the government's count, 8,000 people have been arrested so far trying to demonstrate against this madman. Uh, if you notice, when he meets with people, he sits at the end of the table far away from them. Yeah. He does that because, of course, with his bioweapons and so on, he's vulnerable to a breath. Um, he also knows what happened to Solon in effect, his mentor. In 1953, Stalin was beginning a new purge, and he at least impliedly said he intended to ultimately attack the West and in a nuclear uh, attack. At that point in time, his number two, Beria, poisoned him. He poisoned him with warfarin, which we now use as rat poison. And Stalin died finally sitting up, waving his arms, according to his daughter, trying to sort of drive off the angel of death as he came to pick him up. So Stalin well knows he's vulnerable to, I mean, Putin well knows, like Stalin, he's very vulnerable to the people around him, most of whom hate him. Yeah. Well, they hate him, so there's a legitimate concern there for him. Do you think that mindset and living in fear in that constant, you know, uh, that level of security, that level of paranoia, do you think that gets to him as well to where maybe now with his calculations on this war and this conflict are off because maybe he's lived in that paranoia for so long that he's starting to lose it? Yeah, I think that uh, when you create fear like and surround yourself with it, as Putin has done and Stalin before him, that everybody's afraid to say no. And so I think he obviously got the very bad advice that somehow the Ukrainians would think they were liberated um, when he showed up with his armor, you know, his tanks and his uh, aircraft. Um, He also, of course, is using tactics that are obsolete with the development of things like the the uh, Javelin missile, the old idea of the armored column with the planes, it just doesn't work anymore. And the Ukrainians were hardly liberated. I mean, they've been fighting very hard, haven't they, for people that were liberated. Yeah. Um, in Mariupol, there are 2,700 Marines that sat and have held Mariupol. They're down to something like 1,000, of which 562 were wounded. And they're in the basement, you know, kind of fighting with shovels right now. I, they sent out an email that said all the infantry are dead and 
the orchestra and the truck drivers are holding Mirafol. So, um, yes, I think I think he said very bad advice, and yeah. uh, he's been trapped in his own illusion. That is very scary because then when you get to that dangerous level, who knows what's going to happen. We're talking with John O'Neill, co-author of the book The Dancer and the Devil. You can find it online, dancerandevil.com. You can also find it on Amazon and other places where you can get books. Uh, we got about a minute and a half before we have to take a break, but real quickly, talk about the history of the relationship that, that Putin has had with the U.S. I mean, he came into light during the Bush era, and uh, George Bush and him held hands and said that we're going to start this new friendship and this new relationship and all this stuff, and it's kind of grown since then. Every president's met with Putin for the most part, but uh, has it been civil? Has it been hostile? Has he kept his distance? What's kind of the history there? Uh, honestly, uh, his object has always been to recreate the Soviet empire. He said that from the very beginning, and I believe, Andy, he senses tremendous weakness in the United States. That withdrawal out of uh, Afghanistan really hurt us all over the world. Yeah. He's got uh, Xi as a, an ally. Uh, he and Xi, you know, are out, they both have huge bioweapons programs. The United States has been much weakened by COVID, much weakened in the, by the withdrawal out of Afghanistan. And he sees his chance finally to do that, which he's wanted to do for a long time. And that is seize the Ukraine and maybe seize more than that. Trying to reclaim the USSR. Let's take a break here. When we come back, I want to talk about the bioweapons. Uh, I know that there's been news about U.S. biolabs, obviously, in Ukraine. And that came up, obviously, when the story first broke about our involvement with bioweapon labs. We have the bioweapons coming out of Russia. Is he willing to use them? He hinted about using potential nuclear options later. Is that a threat? How worried should we be? And the big question is, could we potentially see a World War III? We'll do that when we come back here right around the corner. It's John O'Neill, co-author of the book, The Dancer and the Devil. Dancerandevil.com is the website. Lots more to get to here on a midweek celebration for The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com. On the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com.
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Boy, it flies right on by. We could do hours and hours and hours of this program. Unfortunately, we just have a few minutes left here on the show. Welcome in. It is The Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier. On the line with us today is we're talking a bit of a history lesson from Russia. What's going on with Russia in the Ukraine? Why Vladimir Putin's doing what he's doing, which I had no clue that he had such a close tie to Stalin, which is fascinating to me. It is the book, The Dancer and the Devil, Stalin, Pavlova and the Road to the Great Pandemic. Uh, Co-author John O'Neill on the line with us here. John, let's talk about the very touchy subject that the mainstream media doesn't like to talk about. But let's talk about bioweapons for a second. The history of Russia with bioweapons, where Putin is right now with bioweapons, and do you think he's actually willing to use them during this current conflict? Andy, it all started with what we're called lit- litternoid killing. A litternoid killing, uh, that's terminology that KGB used. This is a liquidation that looks like a natural death. A KGB agent, Kravitsky, who killed many people, said any fool can murder someone, but it takes an artist to arrange a natural death. And so they use bioweapons like, um, well, you know, uh, bioweapons like anthrax for to simulate uh, pneumonia or karari um, uh, to simulate a heart attack. And they killed a whole string of people, the great ballet dancer Pavlova, the writer Gorky, and their whole list of them in our book. Um, Stalin decided that was such a good deal that in 1930, he decided one up again to try and kill whole nations. And he began huge bioweapons projects at a place called Siratov, and that also out in the Urals. They leaked several times and killed a lot of people. And after Stalin's death, these were all continued by the Soviet Union in a program called Project Enzyme. Putin has uh, done exactly the same thing. He's reactivated those. He has he and the Chinese have the largest bioweapons projects, really, that have ever been conceived of by man. Putin has repeated the Litternoi killings uh, in the last three weeks. Six different oligarchs in Russia have supposedly committed suicide. The last one was 10 days ago. God, perfectly happy family. Supposedly, he cut his wife and child into pieces with an axe and then hung himself except there were no fingerprints on the act and no blood on him. These are all literally murders. They're a warning to everybody else, don't uh, oppose me or you and your whole family and your children will die, exactly as Stalin did. There have been claims that he has actually used bioweapons in the, uh, in the Ukraine, but they're unverified so far. The, the most important thing is at Mirapol where the Marines are fighting now underground in a tank, in a, in a thing that almost resembles the Alamo when you study it. And they claim that they've been sprayed with uh, chemicals and other substances that are actually killing people. Wow. The 
the uh, Putinist, Putin's guys have claimed, no, these are just special substances. I guess if you're underground and the people around you are dying from it, that there isn't a whole lot of differences between a special substance and a chemical or biological weapon. Yeah, that is very true. we got just about a minute or so here left, but how dangerous is Putin right now with the state that he's in and potentially using bioweapons, which does break a lot of United Nations rules, by the way, so he better be, uh, better be called for and investigated on that front. But is he dangerous to that level, and could you potentially see a global war going on with him? The only limit on a global war, really, are all the people around him. He's obviously very, very nervous if you see him. He sits at the end of a table, his hand shakes. Um, that isn't only from his failure, but it's because all the people around him hate him. I mean, look, people don't like killing all those kids and civilians in, in uh, Maripol and, you know, in Bukha, where there are bodies all on the road. I mean, there are a few ghouls that like it, but most of the people don't like it. He can parade um, employees, state employees out as a condition of employment to a rally, but the truth is they don't like it. And that makes him nervous, and he is a dangerous man, a very dangerous man right now. Yeah, he really is. Do you think that the United Nations will investigate him, and could there be repercussions to Putin uh, based on either human rights violations uh, with that or potential biological weapons? I don't think so. I think he's uh, he's either going to win this deal in the Ukraine, or I think uh, if he leaves, it'll be because they kill him. Oh, and uh, I don't mean nothing. we kill him. I mean the people around him kill him, just like they did. Stalin was poisoned by Beria. Yeah. Uh, Stalin, there's considerable amount of evidence. Stalin himself poisoned Lenin. It seems so like, I don't think Putin's prospects are real good. Yeah, it seems like Putin's last stand. Either I'm going to get all of it or I'm going to go down trying and go out with a blaze of glory. And that's a, a scary thought from a madman who's paranoid about the rest of the world. It's John O'Neill, The Dancer and the Devil. Dancerandevil.com is the website. Also on Amazon, go and check out the book. John, we appreciate it very much. Let's get you back on the show again soon, my friend. Thank you very much. I'll look forward to it. Back on. Hey, appreciate it very much. That does it for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit. Back at it tomorrow for a Thursday. Until then, this is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.